eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds, another holiday edition here as we make our way toward New Year's and last night the stars came off the holiday break and kind of a weird situation and uh, we'll talk about that as well. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan and I'm uh, joined by what I like to call the NHL and stars guru of uh, EP Sports and uh, also Shap Shots. He's Sean Shapiro. Happy holidays to you, sir. You too, man. I hope you had a, I hope you enjoyed a bit of the break. I hope uh, everyone out there had a good uh Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever they celebrate, and and I hope everyone is uh, enjoying kind of, uh, this is kind of the weirdest week of the year, right? Like, it's kind of the space where it's between Christmas and New Year's, and uh, you're trying to be efficient, but at the same time, you're like, ah... This is, I still want to get some rest in before the New Year starts. It's kind of a, a weird week for, yeah. for life. It's, it's always kind of uh, one of those weirdest things. Like, I know uh, over here, my my wife and I have talked about, like, oh, we'll try to get this project done. And then you're like, hey, you know what, though? Sounds like a really nice idea to sit on the couch and catch up on that TV show. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's true. You know, uh, Jack Ryan, season three, very impressive, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know how others feel of that, but I got into it over the holidays and uh, I was impressed. It reminded me of was a, when I was a kid and watching the original Jack Ryan's with Harrison Ford and Alec Baldwin. And people don't really think of Jack Ryan with Hunt for Red October. That's kind of the where it all started. So that was my favorite movie growing up. Yeah, I got to catch it. I saw season one of that show. I have to catch yeah. up. It's kind of on the like get to well, I got to st- I haven't done season season two and three are going to be kind of like a, a load up. And next time. For me, the next show to kind of get going on that I have avoided kind of getting spoiled on, but I've heard so much talked about it, is the Andor show. I want to the, okay. uh, the, the Star Wars show. I, I don't know anything. I don't know much about it other than I've heard it's great. And so Andor is kind of on my list that I think I'll probably be tackling uh, tonight after. I'll probably, I'll probably after probably this evening sitting on the couch, that'll probably be the show I try. I, I start up tonight. You deserve a few hours off of hockey tonight, sir. Yes. yes. Um, so I, I started the podcast by saying weird because one of the interesting aspects of the um, new players agreement is that rather than fly in on Monday, which teams usually do, it's required that you fly in on game day coming out of this holiday break. So every team that was away last night and 
Obviously, if you're the Islanders playing against Pittsburgh, it's not that bad. But, you know, for the Stars, um, you have to fly in, get those legs ready, and then uh, come out flying. And uh, and they did. Picked up a nice two points in, in Nashville. Um, I, I was excited about the start. I mean, you mentioned a few weeks ago, spot on, how aggressive Carolina was on the forecheck. The first period last night, I'm like, whoa, we are the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, we had Nashville backed up into their end. They struggled to get it out of their zone. I thought we had a lot of chances. And then, unfortunately, the power play, two straight opportunities with delay of game penalties because you were really forcing Nashville to try to get it out of their zone, and it forced two minors. And, unfortunately, the Stars couldn't cash in on that. I think it kind of changed the momentum. Uh, second period kind of swung uh, toward Nashville's way when the Stars took a couple of uh, unfortunate penalties. and uh, But luckily in the end, uh, you know, they pulled it out. So you take it from here, Sean, wherever you want to go. If you want to talk overall, yeah. I-, I have about four or five players that I want to spotlight uh, from last night as well. Yeah, and I'll keep it. The thing, the general theme for me looking at last night, and it's just kind of a um, – and I'm not sure if it's specific to the opponent and I'm not sure. I actually, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to ask someone. I'm not sure if this is more of a stars led thing or a predators led thing, but it always seems to me that the stars fortune, like Nashville is a team that has been kind of always bullied a bit by good for checking teams. That's something where the predators have always been that. And no matter who the head coach is, and the Stars have had quite a few, obviously, over the past four or five years, we, we, we that's been well documented. But no matter who the Stars head coach is, they always seem to find um, the success in Nashville always seems to be built off the forecheck. Like I think of um, some of the big moments between Nashville and Dallas, the the Winter Classic, of course. But you think of that, that game turned, um, if, if, if you... If you, if you took a minute to kind of break down what happened on the ice and took away from the scene of it all, which was beautiful. Um, it was the four check on the ice that kind of turned that game for Dallas. Um, when these teams met in the playoffs in 2019, it was the four check by Jamie Ben against uh, Ryan Ellis, I believe that just changed. And basically was the moment where Dallas said, I'm taking over where the star said we're taking over this series. And so, they don't always develop the four check against Nashville, but it just seems to me that the playbook for Dallas's success against the Predators has been get the four check going because Nashville doesn't handle it as well. And um, I'm not sure if last night is Pete DeBoer sitting in there and saying like, hey, this is how guys we know this is because of Nashville or if it's just a coincidence that it happened against Nashville. I'd be curious of what the answer is to that, but um it's it's just something that I've noticed with the, with the, that Predators team and having seen a lot of them. It's if you can get a forecheck going against them, they tend to get unwound and rattled a bit. And um, the the Stars keep when when they have been their best against the Predators. That's what happened. And we saw that last night. Like I thought, the obviously Jamie Ben scores the goal that moves him into second all time in franchise history. And it's kind of it, it, you feel kind of it's one of those where technically no one else touched the puck. So there is technically yeah. no other assist, but it's like Ty Delandry and Tyler Sagan are both doing a great job on the four check there to 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 force that turnover to put Ben in that position where it's like you, I'm, I'm sure uh if it wasn't for it's the type of play where like if you were like in a 
if it wasn't the NHL, like if it was the AHL or if it was any league below the NHL, you'd probably get the coach going in and being like, Oh, Hey, by the way, this other guy touched it. He deserves an assist. Like right. that's like, that's the type of play where like Delandry and Sagan won't end up on the score sheet for it, but they created that goal for Ben. And it's, uh, and it just set, it just set a tone for what the stars needed to do throughout the game. A couple, I think there's a couple, you can nitpick a couple things what happened. I didn't like the the later in the game. I thought the kind of the shorthanded goal against. I didn't. I didn't like yeah. it just because of how it worked out. But in general, where I'm four checking against Nashville seems to be the go to, and Dallas knows it. I don't know if it's something where the players know it from playing them all the time or the coaches are saying it. But either way, get the four check going against the Predators, and that seems to be. The, the the big difference in those games and I'll, I'll let you take it from here but that, that was kind of my <laughs> that was my overall theme and i'll let you let us i'll let you lead us to some more uh specific uh specific individual well i want to start with the captain yeah. um because we're not mentioning that 9.5 million dollar salary this year and i love mm-hmm. that um yes. and the confidence of his shot um it just you know, it's amazing when you have line meets that create space and when you have confidence as a team and when you're uh, offensively confident. Um, I just think when you look at this team and you look at, like, you know, obviously MVPs are, you know, you're looking at the Ottingers, the Robertsons, the Hints, the Pavelskis, but the emergence of Jamie Benn, um, the reemergence of Jamie Benn, it's just special. You don't see it that often where all of a sudden, you know, and, and we kind of saw that in L.A. where Dustin Brown had some down years and and then had some good years after that when they kind of switched his role. And uh, I just feel like he's very comfortable out there and, you know, confident. And it's just, you know, it, it's great to see. I was watching the Nashville broadcast last night, and the reasoning is is because uh, I love the visitors' feed because, you know, I get inside about them um, yeah. for this podcast. And also, I like to see what the outside is saying about the stars. And they just went on and on about the resurgence of Jamie Benn and how much of a force he is. And then what's so cool is all of the um, different feeds that I've watched this year have talked about his tenure as a captain and the respect that he has in the room and on the ice. So I I just thought that was really cool. And uh, I don't want to say we take him for granted on this podcast, but we probably have not talked in depth about the captain and what an amazing year he's having. Yeah. And the key, the key number for me on Jamie Ben this year, you talk about, we're not talking about the 9.5 million for me, the key number right now, and it changes slightly every game, but to me, the number is 15.08, and that's the 15 minutes and 8 seconds. That's the average ice time Ben is having per game this season. Um, that is the lowest in his – so his rookie year back when he was a 20-year-old, 2009, 2010, long, long time ago now, um, he averaged below 15 minutes. But other than that, <clears throat> other than his rookie season, he's never averaged below 16.26 in a season. He's averaging a full minute and a half below – his below, I mean, actually his career average is 18, 11 a game. So he's averaging almost three minutes less ice time per game. And something I've brought up about Jamie Ben before, and I, in, is that if there was ever a prime candidate in hockey for 
the NBA's version of load management, it would be Jamie Ben because you would be someone if you could get 60, 60 with how his body is aged and the style he played 82 games. It's just, it's, it's a lot. And if you could get 60 games of the best Jamie Ben and there's 60 to 65 games of the best Jamie Ben and doing some load management to make it work, that would make your team better. Well, Jamie's a proud guy. He's the captain. He would never sign off for that. So I think Pete DeBoer has found the workaround for that. I think Pete DeBoer has kind of gone like, okay, we're going to dial back Jamie Ben's minutes. We're going to keep, he's still going to be effective. He's still going to play in that role. But by bringing, but, but by taking his game count, by taking his minutes down almost two minutes, that's, that's almost, let's see. I'm doing quick math, literally doing a calculator math here right now. Like, Pete DeBoer is almost saving him roughly roughly 10 games of wear and tear like of ice time that Jamie would have had last year. And that's, that's a lot. Thing. That's a lot. That's a lot with the style Jamie plays. I know it's only you're like, oh, it's 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, but it all adds up. And it's if it stays on this trend, you're going to get a healthier, more impactful Jamie Ben in the playoffs like you're seeing all season. And it's just... And it comes down to he's being managed the right way. And that's something that I think Pete DeBoer deserves a ton of credit for. And I think obviously Ben does Ben Ben was is was always gonna be someone I think the one thing, the only place Jamie Ben would ever draw a line is he's not gonna sit games. That's not who he is. He won't be the guy who's like, I'm gonna sit games. But I think he's accepted this is the way to do it. This is the way to be the best version of myself at this point in my career. And you know what? It's working, and if I can have that version of Jamie Ben for 15 minutes a night, I'd rather have that than the guy, than the extra wear and tear because it pays off in the end. So it's yeah, and credit. also the physicality yeah. on that line with Mason yeah. Marchman, especially now, that probably takes a little load management off of him. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's just it's it's awesome to see. Um, and it, I think it's great to have a guy like Wyatt Johnston, um, with him as well. And I just, I love that those two are connected. I mean, Wyatt Johnston, wh- what a debut in the NHL to be connected with Jamie Ben on the line and live with Joe Pavelski. I mean, um, this kid, you know, hate, you never know what's going to happen, but you know, one would think he'd end up in a, you know, on a roll as far as hockey with how he's being, uh, taught. You know, how to do it the right way, where to be, the spacing, the practice, the extra ice time, uh, things like that. Another story I wanted to point out on Spits and Suds today, the game-winning goal last night, Rope Hints, as he just continues to impress. And I remember we were talking, and it was a very good contract for both the Stars and Rope. And the one thing that was the concern were those different injuries that came kept coming up in, in years past, but he's remained healthy. and. Boy, is he taking his game to the next level. He has added an element to his game, too. It's something where I, I brought this up. I wrote a game, some game observations last night over at, over at my site, Shap Shots, about this. And the thing, and it's not the exact same thing, but one of the things where you think of, like, the great goal scorers and you think about as guys have aged and they find the developments, like we think of, and to use the – the guy who's going to be the gold standard for goal scoring by the end of his career is Alex Ovechkin, right? And Ovechkin was, we think of him waiting there to tee up the one-timer to be up that spot-up shooter, and that's who he is. But 
his career, remember when he was, it was flash and dash. He was one of the best rush wingers, frankly, in the history of the game. He was such a force and that part's still there, but as his game and physicality, maintaining his energy kind of became a little bit more important. He continued to add other parts of his game. He continued to refine and he almost has like two Ovechkin almost has like two careers almost one where you look at him and you think of that guy who was like a freight train to the other one where he's completely immobile but still but still a hammer there and Hintz hasn't turned into like a one-timer type guy but I Rope Hintz kind of came into the league flash and dash big carrying the puck into the zone creating chances on the rush still part of his game but he's really added that element where he's got the confidence and he's using those physical tools around the net now. I think we're just seeing so much more of hints when it comes to like both goals last night. First one's the little tip play. Yeah. Um, first little tip play where he's, he's, he's doing the, the, he wasn't really doing that earlier in his career. And then the second goal um, it's kind of one of those plays where it's the understanding and spatial awareness to know when and when not to jump into the play if he jumps into the play too soon he doesn't score if he jumps into the play too late the puck's out like it's just kind of understand i, I think we're just seeing such a, such a nice uh development and understanding of him around the net and that was the thing where he frankly um didn't need to be didn't need to be good at it if you, if you get what i'm saying because like you think about pavelski and robertson both of them are just such net so savvy around the net front that Hints didn't really have to do that. And and if anything, anything, it could have been a crutch to stop Hints from becoming that guy. But I think to Rope's credit, I think he's taken what his line mates have done, said, Hey, they're getting a lot of points. They're making a lot of money. I'm going to uh, try that as well. And I, I think it's, it's just kind of gone into this whole kind of growth of his game. Um, there's a stat. They, it was, it's amazing. Like this is how, fortunate it is in stars land right now like hints at 38 points are right right now is third on the team in scoring he would be the leading scorer on 16 other nhl teams wow like that's it's his 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 numbers are obviously being appreciate his play is appreciated here by us and in dallas but i think just because of what robertson's done and because of pavelski's bigger name in north american hockey i think it's kind of he's getting that he, he's still a bit underrated on the national scene with what he's been doing because of what those because of the other two guys on his line that's nothing against him it's just a reality this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. He's Sean Shapiro, EP Ringside, also Shap Shots. If you want to find him on Twitter, I, I, I need to point this out. At S-E-A-N Shapiro. So uh, great follow and uh, write some uh, great stuff uh, for Shap Shots. And we mentioned Tyler Sagan briefly. Too bad he didn't get a point on that first goal. Drew a penalty late in the game, which was a tough hit that he took well after he had released the puck. Um, But I love the advancement and the smarts of the stars there because could have went in, drew a matching penalty, but instead... You know, they basically went into the corner and said, we don't like it, but they didn't draw the extra two minutes. I think that kind of led to the game-winning goal. It was late, uh, but the Nashville had to kill a penalty. So uh, I love that. I thought, you know, Sagan's not necessarily putting up the points on the board that we'd like to see, but we all know there's more than points. And I think Tyler Sagan has turned into a more physical player than he was younger. I think he's a better defensive player. Um, I think his awareness is terrific. Uh, his hockey smarts are there. So I'm trying to forget the salary aspect uh, because sometimes I become too cap geeky, Sean. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I just really like the player. I really like what the player's doing. Um, I know he's meant there to put up points on the board, but at the same time, he's also creating offense that he isn't necessarily getting credit for unless you really look into it. Yeah, he's been a pretty good all around. He's been a he's been a good all around center, and he, how he's evolved into that space, and um, it's uh, he's but he's done a good job too. Of he's such a hard with the nature of his injuries that he came off of, and you and you and the fact that he I think it was he told NHL dot com this when the Stars were in Toronto. The fact that he even considered retirement an early retirement because of the injuries and stuff like that. The fact that he is, um, I, the scale of what he's doing with what he's had to come back from is, I think that gets lost sometimes because of, um, for two reasons, honestly, I think one is the salary. People will be like, Oh, well you make X amount. That means you should get over anything. And B, I think kind of the, nature of how what covid did to the nhl schedule and how everything kind of everyone had a different covid story and everything like that i think it kind of shadowed what some of the things sagan went through health-wise to had to get over and, and the recoveries that he had and so with where he is now it's it's good to see him healthy it's good to see him playing that way it's good to see him confident that he's healthy and i i also want to say too like and this is just a quick aside because Sagan was on the receiving end of this hit. I hate that that hit by Lazan, right? Like it was only two minutes because that's something where if Sagan's hurt, you're getting reviewed. It's getting reviewed for something much larger. Like, I hate that. That's the type of hit where like good on Tyler for protecting his head at the last second. But that's the type of play where you need to, in my view, from a league perspective, you need to, crack down on that on the play when the guy's not getting hurt so someone doesn't get hurt the next time that's that's my other just bullet point that needs to be said on that play because Sagan ended up being okay and that's great but that's a that's a bad hit too 
you know, it was. The puck was clearly released, and uh, you're right. He protected himself at the last second, but those are the kind of plays where the concussions come in. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a bad play. Like, yeah, that's one where the I, you need to do more about it in the moment when guys don't get hurt, so that you keep the next guy healthy. I was actually going to look real quick to see if NHL player safety announced a hearing or anything like that. Uh, that uh, not from not from with a two minute penalty, probably. No. No. Yeah, and yeah, not, and not with and not without an injury. Like, yeah, if all of a sudden Sagan was hurt, probably. But the fact of the matter is, there, the fact there was no injury. Yep. But as I tweeted out at the time, perfect answer to that is go score a goal, and uh, yep. a, and they did, and two points on the road against a division opponent, really, really good. There was a new player on the Stars um, roster last night and on the ice and played pretty well. Tell us about young Frederick Olafson. Yeah, I mean he's uh, question young is the, uh, is well, the interesting question. Twenty yeah. six, is yeah. that not young yeah. anymore? I guess that's not young anymore. Is he twenty six? Yeah, he is. Um, was I right on that? So he was drafted in twenty twenty four. So he was uh, he was drafted by Chicago in twenty twenty four, and he was. I think I saw a stat from NHLPR the other day where I think he was the third player in Stars history to have made his NHL debut eight years, um, eight years or later after his uh, draft year. Uh, and he obviously wasn't drafted by Dallas; he was drafted by Chicago. But he, uh, so good. He's a good story, though. He he's someone who the Stars. He's he's a Swede. Okay. He's a Swede, but he went a very American route. He played in the USHL. He played, came to the United States, played in Colorado as a teenager, um, ended up going to uh, University of Nebraska, Omaha, um, but just never, for whatever reason, never got that. Op- Chicago just never really had the want to really sign him that much and everything. And after a four-year career at Nebraska, he, he uh, ended up going back to Sweden. And he plays in Sweden for a couple years, uh, three uh, three years actually. And he's a guy who probably would have still been in Sweden. But COVID and the NHL schedule and the NHL players not going to the Olympics changed things, basically. Um, and so Olofsson would not have been on the Swedish Olympic team if NHL players were there. No chance at all. But hmm. because NHL players didn't go to the Olympics, um, Olofsson ended up getting a, getting a role with the Swedish Olympic team, the 2022 Olympics, and played rather well. He played rather well in that kind of – he was a good penalty killer. He was a good bottom six forward. And, uh, and – it kind of opened up the eyes of some NHL teams and they started watching him. They started looking a little bit more to see what he does with his club team and what he was doing with his club team in, uh, in, in the Swedish, in the Swedish league, the SHL. And, and then that's, and, and that's why he ended up on NHL teams, right? Radar because he went to the Olympics and kind of showed himself in the short tournament. And then teams like the stars started watching him a little bit more in the Swedish league. Had some good opportunities I, last night. Um, so, I mean, he, yeah. he looked good. Oh, out there, I guess my question is: is um, we've seen Tufty, we've seen mm-hmm. Kamano up, we've seen now Frederick Olafson. 
Uh, any thoughts on uh, Jacob Peterson? I think the role that Olafson played, I think P- Olafson and Tufty and Kamano, I think are better suited to play that role in that less minutes role. Like I think Peterson is someone who is still finding a way to find his game when he gets less minutes. And that's something where um, Olafson kind of took the role he played with Texas and played it in Dallas. Peterson gets asked to do, Peterson would be asked, would be being asked to adjust his game. Tufty going from Texas to Dallas gets asked to do the same thing. So I think it's something where it's a little bit of a challenge almost that Peterson's going to have to figure out to how can I go from playing a larger role with Texas, playing a more offensive role to playing a lesser role, you know, not lesser, but playing a little bit more of a, of a less minute role, playing a little bit more of a role where I have to adjust my game to the NHL. Okay. Um, That's kind of, that's, that's kind of where I look at it with, with, with Peterson. I could, I could see him. I definitely think we'll see him in the NHL right now. I think right now, one of the things the stars are doing, um, and I'm actually surprised a guy like, um, I'm actually surprised a guy like, um, I mean, I know Blumel scored a goal. Um, I, I thought Blumel might get another recall at some point. I think what the Stars are trying to do right now is they're going through, they've got this group of forwards, where, and they've been pretty healthy, so they haven't had to go through this group of forwards as as earlier, as, as quickly as possible. Um, but I think the Stars have been kind of looking at these guys and well, you could have gone back with Tufty. I thought I think Jim Nil looks at it, says we're like, hey, I signed Olafson out of Sweden. Let's give him a try because I want to see what I have here. I want to see what I have in this game because I want to see this in December because when there is an injury or after the trade deadline or in the playoffs or whatever, if I have to pick one of these guys to play, I want to be able to have the largest sample size to make the right choice. And I think that's kind of what the stars are doing here right now, where it's um they're going through and they're kind of trying to give themselves as much data as possible on all these guys with any within the NHL. And I would say Olafson right now, I don't know if he's going to get, I don't know how long we're going to see him up. I don't know what is, but he's his play last night was worthy of like, you know what, let's give him another game. Let's see. And that's kind of what the stars want to see these guys keep doing. And I think Peterson's one NHL game this year, he didn't really have that showing where you're like, okay, hey, let's see game two. That doesn't mean he shouldn't get game two, but you watch Olofsson play last night and you're like, okay, yeah, he's back in no matter what. That's kind of where I'm going with this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So we move on to Thursday night, and each division game is important as we see those Colorado Avalanche start to um, come alive, so to speak. And uh, they are coming up the standings and uh, pretty quick. Uh, but if you look at the standings, the Stars are on top of the Central, and uh, they are six points ahead of the Minnesota Wild, their opponent tomorrow night. A tough opponent, a combination of some skill, a combination of some grit, which I know GM Billy Guerin likes. So it'll be a real good road test uh, for the Stars tomorrow night before they play the New Year's game. It's kind of funny, for the second time this year, tough road games, and then that team that you come home to the San Jose Sharks the first time around um, you know we thought oh well it's the San Jose Sharks and they laid a licking on the stars so a little revenge on uh, New Year's Eve yeah and obviously New Year's Eve one's always a fun one in Dallas it's always a it's it's kind of a it's it's a nice Dallas tradition right that the stars always kind of play that yeah. New Year's Eve game it's Obviously, the the year they played the Winter Classic, it was uh, instead you, you you did not. So it was, but it was it was a worthy trade off. Um, but for the game against Minnesota, it's I always uh, it's it's always such a good it's such a good measuring stick game. It's always a um it's always i always love watch i love watching the kind of caprizov versus robertson stuff develop um there's the matt zuccarello angle there too which is always interesting because like it's not like you feel like um it's not like matt zuccarello was a star for long you only played two regular season games in dallas but um <laughs> it's but it's like it always feels kind of because of the trade that it cost to get him and then and then he was uh and everything like that but then he was and, and he helped dallas in that playoff uh series before they uh went and played st louis in, in 2019 it's always interesting seeing him there because he, he holds such, such a weird spot in yeah in, in, in dallas history um it's I will say the one I, thing, Sean, yeah. that I was most amazed about, about, and one of the reasons I'm like, oh, man, you got to bring him back. That was one of the best fits I've seen as far as a guy come in, be traded, and look like he's been on that team for years. I thought I Zuccarello that, yeah. was a terrific, like, you know, I mean, that was just like, wow. I mean, he, you know, he helped him in the playoffs, and I just thought it was a really, really cool fit. I'm like, wow, this is a good trade by Jim Nell. And he's that type of... Yeah, and he's that. Uh, that's the type of player Zuccarello is. He fi- he fi- he finds the fits. He's very adaptable. One of the one of the stories I've heard about Zuccarello is uh, so, you know how sometimes you hear stories about how players trade sticks, where it's like some guys like like for yep. example Joe Pavelski uh, and his son Nate when they were at the All Star game, they were trying to collect as many sticks as possible just for like it's kind of like a cool thing. So. 99.9% of hockey players who trade sticks do it because it's like a cool like thing. It's like, hey, you played in the NHL. It's like Zuccarello would take other guys' sticks to try him out in practice. Like Zuccarello, like Zuccarello, <laughs> like Zuccarello, like Zuccarello like is the guy where there's no sentimentality attached to it, but like he'd be like, oh, I was like, I'm interested. Like, and he'll try other guys' sticks in practice. Like he, he'd get other guys' sticks and he'd try them in practice. And he would try different curves. And it just it's just a, uh, 
<laughs> it's just a perfect example of his uh, flexibility in any situation. And that's why one of the reasons he steps in so well and finds a spot. And I mean, and him and Kaprizov have been, um, him and Kaprizov have been just a dynamic partnership that just yeah. kind of only gets better with time. Um, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny to see. I mean, the other thing that will be interesting too, just with that game in Dallas is Ryan Suter goes back. Ryan Suter, I'm sure going back to Minnesota, but yep. the one guy just to close out our Minnesota discussion that I'm, I know will be amped to play in that game because he is, uh, this is the type of guy he is Jake Ottinger is yep. going back to Minnesota. Jake Ottinger is going back to Minnesota. He's going to play in his hometown and, Jake is someone who loves being the bad guy. He yep. loves being the villain that comes into town. He loves playing when the arena's rooting against him. And so to go into Minnesota, to go go into his hometown and have that combination of uh, friends and family in the crowd at the same time, having everyone rooting against him, like I, I expect a big night out of Jake Ottinger. Right, yeah, the pride of Lakeville, Minnesota. It's about 20 miles outside of uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Um, kind of was the villain when you look back at his college days where, uh, you know, kind of an elite goalie from the Minnesota area says, yeah, I'm going to go to Boston University. <laughs> I'm not going to go to University of Minnesota, Minnesota State, or stay in that area. So, um, yeah, I think I would think that DeBoer would give him the start similar to giving Wedgwood the start against Toronto um, due to the so. hometown nature. And then if you, I guess if you want Wedgwood to go, New Year's Eve wouldn't be a bad uh, little uh. Well, Maybe. I mean, I, I would probably still go Jake. I mean, keep going. He's, Jake's your guy. Yeah. Um, I, let's see. I, I only have this, the schedule in my head for. So after the new, you probably give, you probably go, you probably go to Wedgwood. And I think there's a back to back next week with Kings Ducks. You go to Wedgwood. I think that's when you go to Wedgwood again. Yeah. Is what I was what I would think. But I think you give Jake. Jake's your guy. You're going to his hometown. You got a marquee New Year's Eve game. I, I think you roll with your one on this and then uh and then you uh and then and then you manage the energy and practice for a little bit and you, you get Wedgwood to start early next week. And we didn't even really mention Jake last night made some really key saves, uh some great tips by Nashville that, you know, split second reaction by Ottinger. Um so I thought he was really, really solid last night. That second goal, um Suter's stick kind of lifted it. And, you know, I don't know if many goalies are going to stop that top shelf. Uh, <clears throat> I tell you what, Sean, <laughs> you know, the toughest thing about being on social media during Stars games is the Ryan Suter hate. <laughs> it is just so strong, especially. And I will say this, you know, probably not the best defensive move on that goal, but I thought Suter made some really, you know, he stopped a potential two on one. I thought he you know, made some good plays in that game as well. But it just seems like he's that punching bag that Stars fans want to be all over. Maybe it's because of his salary, the length of years. I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure the case. I know he's not the same Ryan Suter. I, I know that at times uh, I thought you wrote some uh, great pieces uh, on Suter. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, you know, he's on the team. He's playing a lot of minutes and, uh, you know, it's just you look on you look on Stars Twitter and it's it's Ryan Suter, Ryan Suter. We'll be better if Ryan Suter is not on this team. Yeah, Suter is something where like you have to you have to kind of work your best to separate the player from the contract, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, and to me, 
the issue on the suitor issue is my biggest thing is he shouldn't be on the power play anymore. That's like, I would be with what Ryan Suter can still bring and everything like that. I, he should not be on the power play anymore. That's, that's, that's where I, that's where I start to, yep. cause that's where my grievance is. And frankly, that's what literally led to the goal last night. Him being on the power play unit was essentially Jakob Trenin used him. He got beaten by Jakob Trenin and, uh, if you have a different defense, if you have a different alignment out there on the power play, maybe that you don't have that goal happen. So I, I think you, if you can you look at Suter's play and if you can say, Hey, let's, if we can get what he does at five on five, and if we can get that um, in kind of a more condensed role and we can take him off the power play, I think you have a fit for me. It's the over-reliance on the power play that needs to be fixed because you, you gotta you gotta give the space. You, right now, you're creating too much of a he can make any mistake he wants. He not mistake, but he's not even having success on the power play. Like yeah. power plays having like he's not even having success. You're so it's it's you're not even you need to reward people that have success in roles and you need to find placements if it's not working so my big thing and i'm hammer i would i will hammer away at this is he shouldn't be on the power pool anymore it's time to 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 find another solution there and try something else because that's not working but you're right he is someone who becomes a volatile and (laughs) it's uh but someone is it's someone is always going to be that guy on a team yeah um it's and I, uh, I I agree with you um, about Suter. I promised myself I would not mention his name to sound like I'm beating this guy up, but I think there's someone else on the power play that needs to go. I was just watching him last night, and I just don't think the skill set is there. As is, oh yeah, yeah, number twelve. Yeah. So, but that's that's another that's another one. Yeah, no. I mean, but you know, I don't, I didn't want to walk into this like nitpicking because I'm like. You came out of the break. You had to fly to Nashville. The quality two points. Overall, I think you played a solid game. Let's see how they perform tomorrow in, uh, in Minnesota. It's the holidays. I'm optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks as always. And we will talk Friday after um, the Stars hopefully pull away uh, a point or two in uh, in Minneapolis. It'll be, a, it, it'll be a tough game. And then we can get into some uh, other things. At some point, I want to talk about the massive free agents. And I know it's way too early, but when you hear some of these names that are coming up this year, folks, July is going to be one of the craziest NHL silly seasons, I think, in the history of the game. So really excited to see how many teams try to lock these players up so we can dive into those players in a uh, in a future podcast because I love picking the brain of uh, Sean Shapiro. So Thanks for today, my friend. Always good to uh, talk to you after a Stars win. For sure, always is. And uh, everyone, uh, enjoy uh, enjoy kind of this weird week where you're supposed to relax and get work done at the same time. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, thanks to all of you who have listened and supported uh, Spits and Suds. Don't forget, you can um, please download favorite. Uh, spread the word on Twitter. You can reach Sean at at Sean Shapiro, and I am at GJ Spittle. 
And if you're thinking of something, just feel free to throw us a question. We're more than happy to answer those questions or bring it up in the podcast and discuss it more in length. So that's going to do it for another edition of Spits and Suds. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Have a great day, everyone.